Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's a new season It's a new day
somebody next to you, look them right in the eyes. They might need a little help here, a little bit of light here. Tell them all that was stolen is returned to you a hundredfold. Make sure they enjoy that part. Is that all right with you? Is that okay if we return this a hundredfold back to you? Try it in the fire. Tell them, try it in the fire. But you're coming out. Go. Grab them by the hand and just pull on them, Kelly. Just say, you're coming out. a church with many generations represented in it. There's, there's some seasoned veterans and there's some young folks. And maybe some of you weren't raised in church all your life, so maybe you might relate to what we're saying here a little bit better. If you remember the words of that prophetic song by Diana Ross. What's she saying, Mark? I'm coming. Hello, everyone. This is Roberta. This is Roberta of Roberta Inspires Omni Media. Hello. God bless you and a happy MLK Day. Um, the Lord is good. His mercy endureth for all generations. I am pleased to be with you today. And I have a very, very special segment that I hope you will um, listen to, share. If you're having to listen on the replay, I'm hoping you will share it with others um, because it's a very um, timely subject in light of the movie, two movies. One, when they saw us, when they saw us, and also um, Just Mercy, which I saw just the other day. And I'm here to tell you. Oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. What powerful, powerful things that these movies um, portray and have allowed to to be used to really bring um, light to some really um, awful, awful uh, tragedies in the life of others. But I want to just um, just let you know <laughs> we are doing what we can through this radio show and hopefully other media venues to bring these issues to light. I have an interview that I conducted recently with a young man named Matt from the Washington State prison community and he talks about his experience his own experience um, and all of what um, he's gone through and it's very moving I I just found it very very moving Um, I'm going to tell you right now because of the 
nature of the interview and also because of the process of doing this interview, it's going to be very organic because originally um, he and some other uh, young uh, people who had experienced this were scheduled to come on a conference call, but they are not able to do so. So we had to wing it another way. So you will hear me attempting to, oh my gosh, try to get you all the audio in various ways. So bear with me. It's a two-part interview. And I also um, am hoping to, um, I'm sorry, to have uh, some call-ins that may comment and help and support and just asking you to pray for the success of this, that this particular broadcast will help those who cannot help themselves as he shares his story. This is unedited, (laughs) unscripted, so to speak. And so, you know, it's not going to be fancy and you're going to hear, um, me trying to do some things with it uh, to, you know, get it recorded. So if you'll bear with me, it's going to be great. Our episode may be a little bit longer than usual, but I think it's worth it, and I hope you agree. And so here we have it, and I'm going to noun. I've been... (laughs) Tried to get this stuff uploaded in all kind of ways. I thought at one point I was going to have to bring it to you straight from the phone and still may have to if um, things don't <laughs> go as planned. So without further ado, I'm going to uh, start this interview and the way it's looking now, and that's with technology, I may have to bring it to you straight from my phone as it was recorded, and I ask you to bear with me because I don't see the upload of the episode as of yet, but I'm going to have speakers on so you can hear, and so we'll just uh, we'll just do it that way, and uh, in the future, hopefully, we can fancy this up, but for now, I just want you to hear the story, so here goes. Let me let me start it again because I think you cannot um, may not be able to hear this and for whatever reason now my other stuff is and I have a very special guest and a very special segment that we're doing. This follows after the movie, When They See Us. And I have some young to talk about there, When They See You. Joining me first. I'm sorry. Matthew, tell us. Um. Your length of sentence. I'm having trouble with the audio. 
Let me see if I can. Oh my gosh. 
So it was the laws in Washington State that allowed them to do that to you. That's horrible. Yes, it's called it's called an automatic decline. So if you're charged with a violent fel- uh, serious violent felony and you're 16 or 17 years old, uh, it's an automatic decline. They don't there's no they don't go to a prosecutor to see if they can take you out of juvenile uh, services or anything. They just put you right to the adult system. I think that's kind of what happened with one of the young men um, in the in the movie. He was just thrust right in to jail and at that you know adult level. I think he was only about 16. You have um, done an excellent job of rising above your circumstances and also trying to give back. Tell me about your involvement in the Black Prisoners Association. I may have the name wrong. Please correct it if I do. And how it has impacted you. So uh, the the name of it is the Black Prisoners Caucus. Okay, thank you. And my involvement in the Black Prisoners Caucus uh, it was key to my growth and development. Uh, right now, I'm the secretary for the youth committee. Uh, the Black Prisoners Caucus has helped me grow in mind and soul. It has given me and other black men the ability to connect with other black people within the communities that we are absent from and still belong to. We're also able to show people that this, that of different races that black men are not what society has labeled us. Right. And uh, we do this by maintaining a fully inclusive way of building across racial lines that prison has been known to have. Okay. This is so, so good. I'm glad that there is a positive caucus available. How has your organization, the Black Prisoners Caucus, how has it helped to inform and educate other young people? So uh, as you'll see by some of the other individuals that are in this Black Prisoners Caucus and they speak, you'll know that there's different committees. The, black, the committee that I'm involved with, the Black Prisoners Caucus, is a youth committee. Uh, we give back by holding youth summits, building programs that work with organizations and people that work directly with the youth. Wow. We build curricula where uh, you know we're working with uh, the family committee and helping build an edu- uh, curriculum for the education system in this state. Oh, wow. uh, and we're, it's giving us, it's making us the ability to really reach back to the people that are there with the youth. Like I said, every day, uh, we develop mentorship classes. Uh, as a groups and as individuals, uh, we believe in each one teach one uh, methodology, and we're set like in a circle because we push on one side of the circle, it affects everybody in the circle. So, what happens to you happens to me, and you know, vice versa. Wow, that is outstanding. <clears throat> Most people don't know of anything like that going on. Like you said, the depiction is not always positive. Well, Matt, because we know you are coming home at some point, you're coming home. What are your goals for when you arrive back home? Um, well, my goals for the for the future is to become the person, the man that I was, I'm destined to be, uh, to give back to those that are less fortunate and be the example. So many out there that, that I should be. Uh, and we're, you know, I lost tra- and we're, a lot of us were lost track in the system that their ideology that was set up, like I said, because, uh, that was the start of the African slave trade and continues today exactly. with different mm-hmm. tricks, but, but the same ideology mm-hmm. of the rich versus the poor are separating the races. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that, you know, by, by getting out of prison and, and being that special person and bringing light to this and educating and helping everyone, especially the young, reach their full potential. So good. 
All right. Well, I am just so glad you would take the time to do this interview with me. And we certainly want to promote and make sure people are aware of what you all are doing. And <clears throat> I know that the Black Prisoners Caucus, I'm looking, is out on Facebook for those who want to uh, get more information. Is there also a website, just by chance? I saw one, but I'm not sure. As of right now, I don't know if there's a website, but if anybody's interested in helping uh, us or letting us help you and, and through, you know, it's Cooperative Economics, mm-hmm. uh, Ujima, which is, you know, through Kwanzaa, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you can contact our, our, our sponsor, uh, Ms. Lydia Barlow. Okay. Okay. L-Y-D-I-A-B-A-R-L-O-W mm-hmm. at 206-291-6730 or at Lydia at FabianStrong.org. Okay, Lydia and Fabian, great, 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 great. Well, that's been absolutely super, and I want to say thank you for your courage, your tenacity, your mindset, and your willingness to give back in spite of environment and circumstances. And I'd like to thank everybody for uh, listening and, uh, you know, just for your support and and our endeavors and, and to reach back and really hopefully change this world. Okay, very good. All right, folks, this has been Roberta. Roberta Inspires Omni Media, and we have been following up on that movie, When They See Us. All right, folks, that is part one of my interview. I'm shuffling around here trying to get you the best quality of everything, so... If this is an organic moment, <laughs> so I'm trying to get in a good head mic, um, coming in a little bit differently through my board than I normally do, and I'm going to ready up part two of my interview, and I want you to listen very closely to part two. Uh, in the second part, we have an opportunity, because um, he's calling in from the Washington State Prison System. And we have an opportunity to talk more about the talk more about the prison school to prison pipeline, Martin Luther King's uh, holiday, and then some other opportunities to make a difference and to help um, these young people in, uh, overcome some of these um, difficulties in places where they, they found themselves unexpectedly. I am going to give a shout out to one of my Facebook friends, Melody Martin, who has from time to time posted on Facebook a an appeal on behalf of her uncle Curtis. I don't know uh, the story at all, but I thought it was a good opportunity to give you a chance to explore it for yourself and to give a shout out to what she's trying to do to help bring awareness. Uh, It reminded me of the Just Mercy movie, which I saw on Saturday with family, how moving it is. I'm a graduate of the University of Delaware, so I have ties to Delaware, and one of my college alum brought this movie to my attention um, and explained that he had 
basically grown up with uh, uh, Brian Stevenson as a best friend in elementary school, and I could see that they go went to the same high school, and that um, uh, Mr. Stevenson had been there over the Christmas holiday in that area, his hometown area, and gave a showing of the movie, and that's what kind of prompted my attention. And I, like I said, I think it all coincides with Ava DeVernay and Oprah's um, efforts to bring more light on the subject of injustice as it was for what they were formerly called the Central Park Five and now the Exonerated Five. I'm going to let you hear part two of this interview. If you wish to call in, the call-in number is 516-387-1664. Again, the call-in number is 516-387-1664. Let's go on to the second part of this interview, and we'll go from there. Again, as I explained, this is not one of my fancier interviews. This is completely organic, and so um, we're just, I'm just moving you past clips and so forth as I can right here, because couldn't get them uploaded, but anyway, we'll go back to that. <laughs> so for now, here we go. Or neglect, and with benefits pipeline is calling us Hello, everyone. This is Roberta, Roberta Inspires, giving you a part two interview with Matt. This is for our When They Saw Us uh, series that we're doing for Martin Luther King's birthday. And, and Matt is calling us from um, the prison in Washington State. Matt, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I am great. I'd like to speak with you today a little bit more about the school-to-prison pipeline. As we know, that is a serious problem here in the U.S., the school-to-prison pipeline. And for folks that may not be aware of what it is, um, I will. I want to just mention briefly, kind of describe something from the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, from the ACLU's website, um, who they are actually committed to making a change to challenging this. They call it a disturbing national trend wherein children are funneled out of public schools and into the juvenile criminal justice systems. Many of these children have learning disabilities or histories of poverty, abuse or neglect and would benefit from additional educational and counseling services. Instead, they're isolated, pushed, punished and pushed out. Zero tolerance policies. Folks, you'll hear some noise in the background because again, Matt is calling from the actual Washington State prison. So you will hear noise and we thank him for his time. Zero tolerance policies criminalize minor infractions of school rules while cops in school lead to students 
being criminalized for behavior that should be handled inside the school. Students of color are especially vulnerable and um, to this, to be pushed, for this push out trend and a discriminatory, discriminatory application of discipline. And we do believe and agree with the ACLU on this point, children should be educated and not incarcerated. Matt, let's speak to that. Tell me about your own experience with the school to prison pipeline. All right. Well, when I think of the school to prison pipeline and impact that it has on today's youth, it frustrates me. The reason it does is because I'm a result of it. I, I came to the adult prison system at the age of 17, and I was involved in the justice system a little bit before that. I'll tell you, although I do take responsibility for my actions, I can see now that a lot of it was the issues I had in school that helped me yeah. towards uh, the wrong directions in my life. Right. Uh, my issues my issue started at a young age, and I was placed on an individualized education program in the second grade and told that I had ADD. They prescribed me Riddle and told that it would help me with my problems. So at the age of seven, and I'm now thinking that there's something wrong with me. But one has to ask themselves, how would a little kid perceive and fix a problem before he really even understood what a problem was? I hated taking the Ritalin, and it made me feel that I was worse than the other kids. So there's some that may argue that kids need to be placed on Ritalin and other drugs to help them with their attention problems and other issues. Some say black children are underdiagnosed. There are two reasons I believe that are more prevalent. Like all kids, they may have different learning styles that teachers don't understand. But the biggest reason is implicit bias and quiet racism. Quiet racism is one mm. one has negative feelings towards certain groups, usually minorities. Okay. Although these feelings are more often although these feelings are more often from fear and discomfort other than outright hatred. This leads to avoidance rather than negative acts. I say any time you're playing a part that leads any youth into the school to prison pipeline, then that is an outright negative act. That's great. That's great. Keep going. <laughs> But the majority of these schools that, that have minority that don't have minority teachers and that they view these young black kids in ways that European imperialism, implicit bias and quiet racism racism has purposely pushed even before sixteen nineteen, if you hear the first enslaved Africans arrived in Jamestown. These teachers view those kids as violent, overly aggressive, and only doing what naturally what is natural for black kids, and that they just don't know better. So the only way to solve a problem is to dope them up or take them out of the equation by suspensions, expulsions, or passing them on. So they're right. never under they're never they're never another teacher's problem. Right. Some know this is not the truth, but will never admit their some know this is not the truth, but will never admit their racist ideas up front. Some don't even know that they that they think in a way that is second that is second nature. So true. I learned to be they learn behavior of their own. The sad part is that these black kids begin to feel that they are what they that they are what they are told they are. I mm. feel that the school got harder and I was kicked out mm. for not doing the work. I spent more time uh, in the streets with, with other black kids my age. Mm. I learned more from them than the school. Because I was an, on, on an IEP, the system had to let me back. A teacher too, told me years later those classes were called potential dropout classes behind the school. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Go ahead, Matt. But I made, but I made plenty of bad choices. The Clintons who, fool, who fooled and continue to fool many blacks today as a friend to the people were the main pushers of the 1994 crime bill. Hillary Clinton called young black teens that told uh, young black teens that and society had given up on a way, up, up, that had given them up on a way. Clinton called these young black kids super predators. Super predators. And 
never get out. Oh my uh, the gosh. rest of 17 and tried, and tried as an accomplice to murder and given 25 years, 10 month sentence, with 25 years not carrying any good time off. Mm. 18 years later, I'm dedicated to changing society's view of young black youth. Wonderful. At the same time, changing the view of young people have on themselves. Okay. I don't want any youth to have the lack of belief for themselves that I have for myself at their age. So good. This is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I have to ask myself if we live up to his dream. Despite the steps we've made, I will say no. There are still blatant racist policies being pushed yes. by all our opposition and yes. our so-called supporters. Yes. At times, I myself have and will, again, judge someone by other than their character. Right. And is not right. Although I'm a product of the system that wants to keep everyone separated. That's I right. I continue my growth in this and hope to continue to fulfill Dr. King's vision by helping those by helping those that are younger and my peers see that it starts with us. We can't wait for Uncle Sam or as my grandma would say, old Charlie could fix anything. That's right. That they have that they have to fix what we have to fix is its division. Our depressive ideas that they have built this country off using our labor to do so. I want the doctor I want to thank Dr. King for his dream and all those who have lost their life in the struggle to be a death or imprisonment. If you're interested in helping me with ending the school to prison pipeline and all youth in general, I can be reached at Matthew Durham, 873218 at jpay.com. Now, another issue that I would like to raise before uh, I end is that okay. Washington State I want to um, pause it just for one moment. If you need to reach my guest, please email Inspire Radio at gmail.com inspire radio at gmail.com let's continue for another moment department of, the washington state department of corrections right now has stopped some cultural programs uh, in another prison from even meeting together they're also trying to build up a policy that would eliminate family meeting our wives mom dad brothers sisters and even our children from participating in our cultural events. Studies, studies have, there's proven studies that show that when you take somebody's family away from the equation, that they're more likely to recidivism and that your, that your kids are more That's likely right. to become That's a prison. That's so true. Prison. true. So if you take away our bond with our kids through our, learning our culture, you're also leading them to this prison industrial complex. If you're concerned about what these issues that Washington State Department of Corrections is trying with this, to implement with this new policy they're talking about, I would ask you to contact the, the Department of Corrections Secretary, Steve Sinclair, at sdsinclair at doc1.washington.gov. That's sdsinclair at doc1.washington.gov to, to speak about your concerns and uh, what, that would, what that would look like to take away our family ties to our, our cultural events. Do you, have, do you have any questions for me, Roberta? Oh, man. I, what I have to do is try to keep the tears out of my eyes. You are such an excellent communicator, and you have done such a tremendous job in capsulizing what we see going on. And I sense your passion. I feel your passion. Audience, I hope you can, too. And I hope you will follow up with Matt. Again, if you want to follow up with Matt at uh, the Washington State prison system, please email inspireradio at gmail.com. 
as a matter of privacy and protection for him, please send your questions, comments, thoughts, or ideas to inspireradio at gmail.com. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-R-A-D-I-O at gmail.com. Let's continue. You darn. I'm trying to cut out certain portions of it. Interracial, we're, we're all inclusive to all races. Uh, we've that you are absolutely. The Black Prisoners Caucus is involved, and we're, we're building, and Black Prisoners Caucus is the BPC, but also stands for Building Positive Communities. And we're trying to, you know, we're, we always try to work and build a, these communities that we're absent from but still belong to. So I believe that there is a site that people can look up to, to look up the Black Prisoners Caucus and what it does. I just believe it has a Facebook page. Great. Don't worry about the noise, audience. Again, Matt is calling us from a state prison, but sharing his story and the story of so many. And he's also sharing about the National Black Prisoners Caucus, the groups that are active trying to bring about change in the prison system with young people. So I'd like to say this, too, is uh, with that, it's not just us doing the work, uh, you know, as a as a whole to help our prison system and our communities. We have uh, the Hispanic group, the Nuestro uh, Grupo Cultural, Cultural. We have the uh, Native American Circle. We have the uh, Pacific Islanders Cultural, Cultural Awareness Group and then an Indo-European group. So we're all working together to do this work to cross the racial lines that most people think prison is built off of. You know, and, and by building those barriers, we're able to break down a lot of our own problems and, and, and systematic issues that we've built up that I believe the prison system is responsible for maintaining. Matt, tell us this. When, where are you in your sentence? And, you know, and we're hoping about, you know, what you want to do when you come home to change the community and help out. I'm on my 18th year of my sentence, and hopefully I can be given 25 year, a 25 year sentence, right? Yes, but due to a law that they had recently passed, I'm able to get out at my 20th year mark uh, because it passed the law. Wonderful. Somebody is a juvenile to a long term imprisonment. Oh. You have to give them a chance at meaningful release. So when I do get out, I hope to, you know, uh, start my own business and hopefully, become, uh, you know, get mentored by a few people, you know, to help me and maintain business, uh, better business strategies. But I'm, my main focus on also in my spare time, and, you know, which is a lot of time is focus back on the youth, and not only the youth, but their parents who are going through. Sorry, folks. I believe you, you can't fix the youth until you fix their parents. You can take the youth out of the home for a little bit, but if you return them back to a, a home that's not good or uh, you, you return them back to that mind state that they have to get back into for their own protection or whatever whatever means they have to live by. Now, the law that you referred to, is that uh, the one that Brian Stevenson was able to get uh, well, uh, that, uh, the law in Washington State that they made uh, reflected off of Miller versus Alabama and Brian Stevenson was the in the Miller versus Alabama. What made that law retro what made that a federal uh, case retroactive was Montgomery versus Louisiana. Matt, we can hardly wait for you to come home. And I admonish you your first stop to me is straight to media because you, you really communicated well, and then I would love to see you go on to law school 
and really be able to make a difference despite whatever may be in your record. There are universities, I know, and I'm going to say the name of it because I know it for a fact. Uh, I was a seminary at Regent University, and Regent, which is very conservative, as people see it, but also very open in, in a lot of ways to diverse issues because of the diverse student population. And there was a young woman from, I can't think of, I don't want to call the wrong name, Calvary Revival Church, who evidently had a record. I'd like to say, I'd like to say one thing, too, and I'm just going to give a, a small shout-out to the Circle of Life Garden. Uh, you guys can look them up on Facebook to see what they're doing. That's founded by uh, a man named Lawrence Jenkins inside of his prison. Uh, what is the, what's the name of the Facebook page? Uh, Lawrence Jenkins at Facebook. Is there a Circle of Life Facebook? Not yet, but you can go oh, on. Okay. Okay. Facebook and look up the Circle of Life Garden. Hello. Okay. Hello to where's in Decker. I was saying at Regent University, I want you all to know you all can make a difference because this woman, young woman at Regent, was able to get into the Regent University Law School with the help of, I believe, Bishop Courtney Macbeth from Calvary Revival. That's something I know for a fact. And then, of course, there is George, um, there is uh, Greg Mathis, whose story everybody knows. So, you know, when you have the opportunity, study everything you can, as you have about citing those law cases, how impressive. But uh, you guys be looking forward to that's how you change the system because being in the legal with that legal background and being able to get into politics and you all can do anything you set your minds to i'm going to wrap up now but i want you all to know and asking my audience to do so listen and share this episode it's an honor martin luther king day but we're dealing with the issues of right at this minute Share this episode and also, uh, give me one second, and also make sure that you respond, respond to the links and pray for them. Matt, go ahead. You get the last 60 seconds. So, so, so before I leave again, I'd like to say, tell everybody, you can contact me at Matthew Dirk. Um, <clears throat> again, if you have questions or comments or thoughts or information that would be helpful or further questions, you can contact Matthew through Inspire, Matt, through Inspire Radio at gmail.com. I want to just say thank you for your time today and being a part of this moving episode. And I'd like to end with a clip from the I Have a Dream speech by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. And again, this is going out On a hot day in August 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. delivered a speech that would... Bring it on. I have a dream. My four little children 
one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. John Washington served as a massive push for economic and political justice for African Americans. Held during the year celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation, crowds marched on the National Mall to watch a variety of musical performances and speeches. Dr. King, a Baptist preacher and prominent civil rights leader, was scheduled to speak towards the end of the day, his debut on the national stage. Up until that point, King mostly addressed small crowds at black churches, rallies, or fundraisers. This time, he would be seen by nearly 250,000 people on the ground, as well as millions at home watching on television. This was an opportunity to reach a wide audience and persuade the public and the government to take action against racial injustice. The night before, King worked with a close group of advisors to get the speech just right. They worked through the night, settling on a final draft in the pre-dawn hours of August 28th. Interestingly, the phrase, I have a dream, a phrase he used in earlier speeches, was nowhere to be found in this copy. The words wouldn't manifest until almost halfway into Dr. King's speech, when gospel singer Mahalia Jackson, who had performed earlier in the day, called out to him from the sidelines to tell them about the dream. King set his prepared remarks aside and improvised the rest, crafting a soaring speech that would sear into the minds of millions of Americans. No, we are not satisfied, and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. The speech was divided into two parts. The first listed the injustices that African Americans faced, segregation, police brutality, disenfranchisement, and discrimination, and urged a call to nonviolent action. The second launched into King's dream of peace and racial harmony, a vision of a future in which people will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. Highlighting King's skills as a preacher, I Have a Dream was part sermon and part poetry, using rhetorical devices like repetition, rhyme and vivid metaphor to drive his points home. It was peppered with historic, biblical, and literary references that moved the crowd. This message of struggle and hope became the defining moment not only of King's career, but also the civil rights movement. Both the speech and the March on Washington were credited with helping secure the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 a landmark piece of legislation that ended segregation and banned discrimination on the basis of race or sex in the workplace. Free at last! Free at last! Thank God Almighty! We are free at last! Well, thank you for listening in, and I do hope and pray that you will use this day as a day of service to others as we were taught with President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon, and thank you so much for listening in and your support for Inspire Radio. Oh, so with this, I'm going to exit and tell you it is a new season. It is a new day.
It is a new day. It's a new day. It's a season of power and prosperity, yes it is, it's a new season and it's coming to me, or if you believe that, lift your hands and say, it's a new season, it's a new day. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.